Welcome to the Thrills and Chills podcast brought to you by ShareBird and Clue. This is a show about establishing product marketing, being the first product marketer, and the challenges they faced. I'm JD Prater. For the past decade, everyone was obsessed with finding a growth hacker. But now, product marketers are in high demand as companies realize their value. Startups are now asking, when should I hire a product marketer? Should my first marketing hire be a product marketer? A lot of folks want to be the first marketer, but only a few make the leap. They're the builders, the fixers, the risk takers. They embrace chaos. They're comfortable being uncomfortable. And this is a journey into their world. It's about sharing the thrills and chills of being the first product marketer at a company. Along the way, we'll meet some amazing people. You'll hear engaging stories about imperfect product launches, the challenges and nuances of everyday work, and the skills needed to succeed. And of course, fresh perspective of what it really takes to be the company's first product marketer. Before we meet our guest, we'll pause for a quick word from our sponsors at Clue. Meet Jen. She's selling her division's product to a savvy new prospect. And unfortunately for Jen, she's about to get blindsided. So that sounds great, uh, but your competitor just launched something very similar. Uh, How do you compare? Jen needs to move fast. With a few taps, she leverages up-to-date intel her product marketing team has curated with Clue. Later in the show, we'll hear more on how Clue helps reps like Jen win deals every day. Learn more at clue.com slash thrills. Today, we're joined by Evelyn Watts, the Director of Product Marketing at RVZ, a peer-to-peer marketplace platform focused on the RV sharing economy, which couldn't come at a more perfect time as we're all hunkered down during COVID-19. Before that, she spent two and a half years as the head of product marketing at Shopify. Evelyn, talk to me about that experience. It was amazing. It was the first time I've ever worked at such a high growth company and certainly first time in e-commerce. But I think what was um, super interesting about that is product marketing is different at every company, but being at a place at a time where they're deeply invested in it. Like I'm not talking about just bringing on one product marketer, like bringing in senior leads to head different parts of the product line who are then also gonna build teams. So imagine being in a company that you start and it's like, just under 4,000. And then within two years, it doubled and there's 8,000 people and you've gone from three product marketers to 35 plus. So it's just wildly interesting to be at a place that's growing that quickly and in that many directions. And then also having to onboard and basically help build the discipline and craft of product marketing at a company that hasn't really had it in the first 10 years of their existence. Which is also crazy that they didn't have it, but also what was that, what was that shift then? Because how do you go from not having product marketing, which I've, I've been at companies that didn't have product marketing, and then all of a sudden they have it. And those are some growing pains. I'm assuming you felt some of that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think every company has them. But I, I would say that it, it wasn't that product marketing as it's like the things that you do didn't exist because you have to launch products. You have to like help make sure everyone knows what's happening. There's all those kinds of things. And I think companies will find a way to fill those gaps. But it tends to be in my experience, like very tactical or very reactionary because it's like, we built something, yeah. someone needs to go write emails or like somebody's <laughs> going to And so I think that's where some people get their first taste of product marketing is more on the execution side of things of running and chasing and just trying to help connect the dots for folks. 
So that's pretty common. So I think you have to have something like that existing to make sure that you're actually getting products out the door and people are using them. Whether or not you call it product marketing, I don't care. But it's interesting, I think, when you get to a level where you really are trying to scale. And now it's not, it's not enough to try and be reactive because you just have too much. Like it's almost like a bottleneck. So you have to pull back a little bit and what do we think about what we're really trying to achieve? How do we start working together earlier as opposed to just dropping things and throwing it over the fence? Oh man, that's pretty cool. And of course, Shopify's had just rocket ship growth and mm-hmm. you joined at a really great time. What was that like in those last, these last two years have been huge for Shopify. Oh yeah. You know, I think when I really, one, I was super drawn to the, the mission of the company, right? Like how can you not get behind helping people be achieve independence and small business? That's super awesome. But I think the uh, idea is that everyone in the company is behind it. So it's not, not to name some industries, but you know, it's not building widgets necessarily. It's not doing something that you can't necessarily relate to. This is something anyone can relate to and you feel like you're making a difference. So I think the passion, I think the, just the sheer caliber of people that you get to work with, And the, I was going to say no rules, but like the open possibilities where like you can do or create anything is super exciting. But with that, with great power comes great responsibility (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) and you can't do all the things. So hang on a minute. We got like, okay, what what do we really need to focus on? If we're going to really scale, what are like foundational things versus all the things? Yeah. And with that too, talk to me about earning that trust and communicating with all those teams because if your team is moving and growing that fast so is their your counterparts and your other stakeholders as well so onboarding them and then getting them into your process and getting them looped in yeah i think that's a really good point actually because as exciting as being in like high growth and all that kind of stuff is you have to remember that everyone else is new well not really but literally yeah, yeah. within 2 years half the company joined after me so if there's three people <laughs> in a room, like, yeah, at least nice. one of them is new, guaranteed, at least one. So I think that's super challenging when a company is growing in all directions super fast. But I think with product marketing, it's true of everything, but especially product marketing, it's very much relationship-based. Like meeting, there's tons of time that you need to invest in building relationships with different people across the business. And when things are shifting and changing so fast, that gets a bit challenging. So what is super helpful... <laughs> is finding your super friends in different yeah. in different areas of the business who you can stay connected with and make sure that you're in the right meetings or make sure that you're like calling out things that, oh, shouldn't know about this. Well, what about the sales team? Or what about this? So you have to build a bit of a network, but that's one which, of the superpowers. Which takes of, time. It takes a ton of time. A ton of time. Like uh, I would say time to do it, but also it's going to take a year to do this as well. Like it doesn't just happen overnight. True. And you have to nurture it because it's like, it's so easy to get distracted by all the, the shiny new things that we could do and the possibilities are endlessness. And so for someone like me, who's, I want to do everything right now, <laughs> <laughs> that gets challenging. But I think in this scenario, it was super important to be building the context with product because that was a bit of the disconnect. It was classic in most companies I've ever worked at is product versus marketing. You know, there's always this kind of like these good people build it, these people market it. And so it was really getting embedded. So this is a scenario which I thought was pretty cool where you'd be part of marketing, but deeply embedded and almost like part of the product teams. So getting super close with your data, UX, your product managers, and then also being that context or that hinge back to marketing where, okay, now what does this mean for how we nurture customers, how we do advertising, and maybe how we coordinate 
So we don't send a thousand emails for everything we build. <laughs> oh man, I am, I'm there right now. We are sending way too many emails to our, our <laughs> members and I'm trying to understand more about data and it's in lives in this warehouse, it's in this tool and those two don't talk to each other. And you're like, what? What? Why? <laughs> What's awesome is that like every company I've been at, or and, I, and you can probably say the same, like the challenges are so similar. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how big or how successful or whatever. There's always going to be that silly stuff that we just like, oh, but we just want to tell people we built the thing. Yeah, but does anyone care? Let's. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's amazing too, because you, I think this is what also it's hard to like fast track growth. I think you can be a really good writer, right? And you can fast track writing, but when it comes down to these types of experiences, you can only go as fast as maybe the amount of products that you've launched or the amount of experiences that you've had and being able to solve these challenges over and over again. Like that's really what you come in. You're like, wow, wait, you don't do this. You're like, wow, you're a rock star. Look at you go. You're like, <laughs> What? I just, <laughs> I just did the thing. Like I just asked a question. <laughs> well, I'll say like, I've been in product marketing for over a decade, let's just say, but I ended up in a weird way. It wasn't like I, I searched out for it. I think a lot of people right now are looking to go into product marketing and right. it wasn't on my radar. Back then it wasn't as much a thing Not either, like 10 years Not ago. I was very lucky to be at a company that had product, like it was a more marketing driven kind of company consumer software for the most part. So you really had to understand your users. Anyway, I had been in multiple roles with across the company. I'd been there for about seven, seven years in total, but started off on more of the engineering side. So I knew how product got built. And then I was over on the uh, product training side. So I understood had to like, okay, how does this thing work? How do I figure it out? And then into like field marketing. So I was at the trade shows, I was doing workshops. I was in the market talking to customers. And I knew the products deeply. So I knew what they were doing, who used them, how they got built, all of that kind of stuff. And I was told, you're going to product marketing. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> excellent. How do I do it? What? <laughs> but I think that was the key to starting was like knowing the market, knowing your customers, knowing how the sausage is made. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> because you have to be able to kind of connect all those pieces or, or you don't have a successful product. Forget launch, you don't still have a successful product. Oh man, hundred percent agree with all of that too. And I think if anyone's out there is listening and you're on one of those teams and you're trying to break into product marketing, that's what I would take with you and make sure that you understand that customer, that product. So when you do go to that interview, either internally or at a different company, you can understand and be able to articulate that you have this knowledge, even though maybe you were in field marketing or maybe you were in comms. No, totally true. Because I think part of it is not only understanding how the business works. Yeah. How do you make money? Which some companies don't pay much attention to. If this isn't going to actually build revenue or, or make a difference, why are we doing it? But that's enough for another story. But the other part of it is the empathy. So we always talk about empathy for the customer and their pains and all that kind of stuff. But I think it's also super valuable to understand and have empathy for the team's that do the work to make that happen. So what is what are the challenges that developers have? What is it that what information aren't they getting that would help them make better decisions or have more information? Right down to how is someone dealing with customer support calls? Are you listening to those calls? Do you understand their pain? So I think that's a bit of the superpower of product marketing is being able to connect the dots, not just on how you make 
something successful and get customers to use a thing and all that good stuff. But how do you help teams function together uh, in a coordinated way? Like sharing the vision, what is the goal we're trying to achieve? Uh, I think that was a huge unlock for me was that right there. And I, my unlock actually came from, I think I'll have to find this up on Sharebird. Someone was talking about how she had created internal personas. I was so used to creating customer personas, but she had created personas for her PM, for her designer, for her eng. And it was really detailed. Like, how do they like their information? Do they want to see a deck or do they want to see a, a narrative? Do they want to see visual? And this was this is really important because if you're trying to communicate your ideas and to be able to you know influence decisions, that's a key piece to it. And I, I was one of those things exactly what you were saying. If you're listening, maybe this is making sense to you now for the first time. But it was it's a big part of being able to be a great and effective team member is influencing your stakeholders. Yeah. And that's a part of it too. I, I laugh because it sounds so silly, but you have to market the marketing. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Like yeah. <laughs> your internal audience is actually one of your customers. Yeah. Like, what and are it, you doing? Why does it matter? Especially when you have 8,000 people in a company, right? There are so many launches. There's so many teams. It's easy to get buried and to be forgotten about. And so you have to keep marketing what you're doing. So that way, one, you get the visibility and the recognition, but also, <laughs> so you can actually move forward and get the adoption that you want or get the sales that you want. That's, it's key. Yeah, totally. But I want to transition here because you are now at a a new company, RVZ. I'm very interested in this transition and what drew you to this brand new startup out of Canada. Oh, uh, totally excited. And it's fresh, right? So it's still new, but it's a small startup SaaS platform with peer-to-peer kind of economy sharing for RVs, trailers. So it's like, think of Airbnb, but for mobile places to live, RVs, trailers, all sorts of cool stuff. But I was super interested. I think this is my addiction to change too. So I just was in e-commerce and you're working with mostly directly at merchants, right? People who are trying to run a business who are then marketing to other people. And you get to see that you're making a difference. Like you're doing something that people want. It's super relatable. And so I've never worked for the marketplace. And this is, this mm. company is building that out. And so it's very different in that you're not only dealing with uh, an RV owner or a host, but now you're also helping to match them with someone who wants to do that kind of vacation. Because right now, honestly, what better time to maybe not yeah. go on a plane yeah. uh, and just <laughs> spend some time with family <laughs> socially distance or enjoying your own backyard. Um, I'm like, this is very good timing yeah, 100%. Um, in an awkward way is to learn something new. And so I think what super interesting for me is I've never been at a company. So one uh, a small SaaS startup uh, doing something cool that I think is, Oh my God, I want a trailer now. Maybe I'll just rent one, but they're bringing in product marketing far earlier than any other company I've seen. I'm sure it's not that uncommon now because it's becoming far more recognized. But I think even if I go back Shopify, I think it's what they've been around for 15 years, 16 years now. And it was 10 years or more. I'm really only 10, 12 years before the idea of product marketing became a thing. Uh, and so being in a company that's three years, And that's okay, if we want to scale or if we want to like really make sure that we're communicating the value and and finding product market fit and all those kind of great things, investing in it earlier. So I'm hoping that's actually going to be a trend with more companies, like investing in it 
far earlier so that you don't have to peel back the magic onion, so to speak. <laughs> Which we got to get into because yeah. <laughs> we talked about this before the show started. Talk to me about the magic onion. I'm not going to name the company. But when you go in somewhere and everything looks great and it sounds great, and then you start peeling back the layer and you go, oh dear, and you cry a little bit. And then you peel back another layer of, oh dear, like <laughs> we do what for customers? Oh, and that's our pricing. And why is that? And then you cry a little bit more, but then the onion just gets bigger because these are things that we could have thought about 10 years earlier. And so those are the magic onion moments where I'm like, oh dear, if only we didn't have this much baggage now. Because I explained to uh, a lot of product teams, we'll talk about tech debt, right? Tech you have debt. to make yeah, certain choices. Exactly, yep. And perfectly good choices you have to make, but there's always like a trade-off and sometimes you've got to unpack that, which is its own thing. But it's completely true of marketing debt. You can absolutely have marketing debt because you weren't worried about brand or maybe retention or onboarding of a customer or lifetime value or whatever you want it to be. But those are also choices that come with baggage. Yeah. I, I mean, the dead bodies are somewhere, right? <laughs> and yeah, it's always fun because... It doesn't matter how long you're at a company, you always seem to uncover some. You accidentally walk in, you're like, what's behind this closet? Whoa, shut the door, shut the door. But those are fun. Those are fun experiences. And you definitely do cry. Some tears are harder than others and saltier than others. <laughs> now we'll pause for a quick word from our sponsors at Clue. Not a day goes by in sales that someone doesn't ask how your product compares. Earlier, a friend Jen dug herself out of a tight spot with Clue, the product marketer's platform for handling all things competitive. Clue helps product marketing teams collect intel from coworkers, Slack, emails, and the web, putting it all into one place that's always up to date and giving Jen the superpowers she needs when she needs them. Listen in at the end of this episode to hear how Clue empowers every team across the org with insights, something we call competitive enablement. Learn more at clue.com slash thrills. That's K-L-U-E dot com slash thrills. You've now been there for, you know, just over 30 days. So you're a month in. Yeah. Talk to me what your first month looks like. I think I would say, I'll tell you what I'm doing. Number one is trying to understand how we're communicating with customers. When are we talking to them? What are we saying? What do they need? One thing that I intentionally am doing is not getting into product too quickly because it's so easy to go and do, why is that button there? Oh, and you get stuck in the whole, like, why is that feature that? No, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. So spending <laughs> all of my time right now with understanding what I can about the customers, the communication flows that are happening. That's really primarily where I am. And then really spending a lot of time with customer support, sales, because I figure regardless of what you built, the pain is going to be felt at the beginning and the end. If you can't communicate, if you can't bring people into the platform and then you've got issues for some reason at the end, that's, that's where you start focusing. Because if you start focusing on product, then every solution is going to be a feature and that's not necessarily true. <laughs> Oh, I know. Just drinking from a, a fire hose. I'm now a month in as well into my new role. And it's just every day you're just like, here we go. I'm, I'm, <laughs> am I ready for this? I, I'm, I'm ready to, I feel like I found out within the hot dog eating contest. Are you familiar with these no. hot dog eating? So in I mean, America, I know what it is, but, yeah. but Fourth like, of July in America, we have hot dog eating contest. And I, I, have, I learned that they drink a lot of water to expand their stomach oh. so they can consume more hot dogs. 
So is that's what we're doing right now. It's first 30 days. I'm just expanding my stomach <laughs> so I can eat more hot dogs. <laughs> How did you go about evaluating that this was going to be a company that you'd want to join? Were there, there's always like red flags in every company, but did you have any criteria or frameworks that you worked through? Yes, totally. All of them learned painfully over the last 10 to 15 years. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> but I, yes, I always try and do a sniff test. One is just sniff test. Does this smell okay? Okay. But I think in that, the things that I were looking for is what is the relationship between product and marketing? Because if it's already at a really transactional state, then the relationship building that you're going to have to do, the trust you're going to have to do, it, it's just clock that into all of the time you're going to spend if there's already a serious silo between those two parts of the company. That's a hard one to figure out. But as you're doing interviews, like if, when you start asking those questions of, how do you work with marketing product manager? How do, and then the other way around, if you start seeing there's, we don't like to talk to each other. Yeah. Just put that on your little hit list of, of things that you're going to have to make sure you account for. The other thing too is, and this is again, it's at, about asking those kind of questions, but what is the leadership support for even having product marketing? Mm, that's a good one. Do they understand what it means? Are you going to have to do a road show where you basically explain your job for six months? Because I've had to do that too. <laughs> yes. Yes. The road yes. show. I'm like, this is what I do. This is why you, it helps you. So the leadership support's a big one. I also like to ask about what are the company goals? What are you focused mm -hmm. on? And if you keep asking that question and keep getting different answers, there's a red flag for me that if the company isn't aligned, then everyone's going to be just trying to get their shit done. Yeah. Uh, and it's hard to get people at the table. The other one, I think this is a critical one because I've said no to jobs because of this, is what is the motivation to get product marketing? And if the answer is, mm -hmm. we have a product launch in eight weeks and we need someone to like do the things, just bail because- <laughs> Run away. <laughs> you are going to be set up to be like the launch flunky forever. Mm -hmm. And then that's, it's hard to, to come back from that. So those, those are ones like, but if they're looking at, we're looking at scale, we're going into new markets where we want to understand our customers better, like all of those kinds of things. That's the meat right there. Yeah. Um, so definitely those are, those are the ones. things to look at. Those are great. Oh, I have yeah. one more. Oh yeah, go for it. Look into how the company was formed and the origin behind it, because you'll find that it'll be very different if a company was brought because of, they saw a small gap in the market, a technology gap versus if it's like a sales led organization and they just, they're finding whatever it is that sells. So if it's sales driven, marketing driven, product, engineering driven, investor driven, <laughs> all of those things are going to have a big play in what the priorities are ever going to be and, and who gets to be the loudest voice in the room. Yeah. And I think when you're evaluating your first PMM or you want to come in and be head of PMM, these are fantastic. I, I, I love all of those. I think I have in my own way, very similar types of questions and tests that I'm looking for when I'm pushing on the box, if you will, to understand, yeah. is this thing going to hold? Is this going to be steady? Because I'm a little unsure. I have a question for you then. Put you oh, the wow. Here we go. All right. Yeah. Is there, can you think of a question that you'd wish, wished you'd asked that you didn't before? Yeah. I think the one that you'd said about like executive sponsorship, but also mm. like founder level of interest in marketing is what I have found coming from kind of Bay area startups where you have these like tech founders, best coders in the world. I get it. However, 
do you understand the value of marketing, what marketing can do for your product? And a lot of times that answer is no. Sometimes it's yes, which is great. Go, you know, run to those types of companies. But I've been at a company that said, we just have a marketing team because that's just what you do. Oh, and you're like, just what do you mean? Just what you do. <laughs> so it was painful. True. It was a really tough ride to be a part of that company. That would be one of my chills, if you will, yeah. when we get into the thrills and chills part. Totally. Which actually, you know what? Let's do it. That's actually a pretty oh. good segue. Thrills and chills. Oh. Let's do them. Uh, best thrill. And this is why I'm, thank goodness for finding good mentors and support in your life and at work. This is critical about finding your super friends. Yes. My very first product. So product marketing 10 years ago, very first time doing it, didn't know the things was a global consumer product had to be on the shelf online in 16 languages. It's a $20 million product line. Wow. That was my first launch. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> I may have cried in the parking lot a couple of days a week. I don't know. But I had a well-oiled, a well-respected marketing team and like people took me under their wings. So if, and because that was my very first experience at product marketing, everything else after that was like, okay, I can do it. It'll be fine. But you definitely need a village. Yeah. I like that one. The thrills are, thrills are fun. I, I like that kind of stuff. Whenever you think about, I, I encourage everyone go find that mentor. Like I, I still keep in touch with my, she was my, my second manager ever. And she's still part of what I call my board. She's on my board and I go to her for advice anytime career related, tech related. So when someone once challenged me, who's on your board? And I think that's key. Who are these people that are going to be around you to help mentor you, grow you even in your career? That's almost like, I would say the thrills of my career are finding those amazing people. And then they're part of my network. Yeah, because that makes such a difference over the next time you have a challenge or the next time or whatever is like having people with totally different experiences. You know, it doesn't, but they just bring a different perspective and take you out of your like, okay, why is this not working? And so, <laughs> I know they can usually cut through it pretty quick too. Uh, and they like, call you on your bullshit. Yes, you need that's really what it is. On your bullshit. <laughs> it's like JD, have you put them? Have you? Do you understand their goals? Yeah. I don't care about their goals. I have some wonderful, I have some wonderful product marketing women in my like secret Slack channel that, are, that will Slack me and be like, you know what you're doing. Just go do it. I'm like, okay, thank you. That's, <laughs> you need cheerleaders in your life. You do. You do. It's too easy to beat yourself up or have another team or you read an email wrong or a Slack message wrong. It's too easy. So love it. Love it. Do you have any more thrills or you want to move into chills? Oh, uh, okay. Best thrill ever. Second best thrill ever. And I, I'm talking about like big product things. I should talk sure. about small things because always celebrate the small wins because sometimes yes, that's, that's a good all one. you get. That's all you get sometimes. <laughs> was being at a, my very first SaaS company was talent management software. Super lovely thing about that is I was brought in and at the time it was very product feature based. You go to the website and there was like nine products and then services and content. And like I joined the company and I still didn't really know what they do. But I had the leadership support, I had the alignment, I had like super friends, I had all of those support things that you need to be successful and had the opportunity to basically reframe their entire platform. 
-hmm. it, it changed the way we marketed. It changed our website. It changed how we implemented software. It changed how we sold. Like it, it changed the company and that because you had the, the, you had all those pieces and that desire to do it and you were supported to help champion it. It took two years. Don't get me wrong. This is not like quick work, but when all the pieces fit together, it's magic. I love those stories. Those are so much fun. Lows. We got to get into those chills now. I'm back here. I'm like on pins and needles because I'm like, they're going to be good. <laughs> so I went from this amazing product launch, first thing ever experience. My very second was I went to, I wanted to learn how enterprise software works. So I went to Dell when they were building up software division and okay, now I know what a white paper is. Awesome. Okay. Thank you. Uh, so totally different sales model, no offense, boring software. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Like no offense to anyone who uses this, but it was like migrating from Lotus Notes to Outlook email. It was like taking people off old legacy platforms, no offense if your Lotus is lovely, onto new ones. So you know your customers, once they're gone, they're gone. Like they're done with oh, you. Oh, so yeah, yeah. Like, okay, what, what else can I sell you that's going to make you a sticky customer, which is also a terrible thing. Why do we keep saying the word sticky? Anyway. <laughs> But that launch, so those products existed, it was mostly rebranding, also boring. This product that I launched, it was my first, oh, look, I did the thing in here, was I found out six months, eight months after we brought it to market, we went and did a roadshow, did all the things, I found out, oh, questions you should ask yourself. It was built by the dev team for a customer prospect who never bought anything. No. <laughs> It was built by development for nobody. It had zero, oh, zero, man. zero viability. Oh, wow. And because everyone had sunk so much money into it and so much time, we're like, okay, we got to make it work. We're going to make this a thing. Oh, just check, please. I'm out. Like, I can't do Oh, this. my God. Wow. Oh, so there's man. a high wow. and a low. I built a product for, or launched a product <laughs> for <Sanoa> nobody. <laughs> Oh man, that's so good. That's so good. I love that one. Oh. Please, yes, I'm still don't, don't. Yeah, I know. I'm still Please, laughing. Why it's hard when you get like accountable for revenue. You're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can get in. I wish we had another podcast. Maybe we'll have to do a follow up on. We'll call it the terrible chichings or something. <laughs> Maybe I, my new for my new segment to terrible <laughs> chichings. Well, great. Any others you want to share? This oh, is a safe just, place. Just the one time I was presenting and I left my mic on to go to the bathroom, but you know. Oh, no way. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, just, it's so great. The, the, the saving grace is that I've just washed my hands. But the worst part is that outside the door, I was explaining how we were going to do the raffle and I was going to pick the name and everyone could hear how I was going to basically pick the random winner. Oh, I'm such a liar. That's terrible. <laughs> So I got a standing ovation when I came back in my room. Awesome. Did you really? <laughs> really <good>. How <laughs> many people? How many people? I think it was like 25 people. Okay, was, good. Okay. Yeah, I mean, bad. I say good, meaning like well, not hundreds, all, thousands, right? They were all uh, potential customers. Oops. Oh, that's great. No, one of them was going to win that raffle. And if nothing else, they were entertained. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think you get me after speaking and I'm usually like, well, that was terrible. What happened? Did you see my slides? What was that animation? How'd that get stuck? That's it's usually me. It's like, what happened there? Listen, all, all you have to know, as long as you turn your mic off, you're good to go. 
yeah, I have to keep that in mind. Go straight back to the tech booth when you're done. <laughs> give it to the people. All right. Evelyn, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a, a really great episode. I think really great experience walking us through what it was like uh, from 8,000 person company. Now you're at a super early startup mm -hmm. and what that's been like in your first 30 days or so all the way to uh, some really great experiences, highs and lows, but I'm yeah. guessing you probably wouldn't change them. You, no matter how low they are, they still make for great stories. Oh, um, but this is the thing. It's not the destination. It's the journey. Oh, I so, love that one. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. Truly. So even if you're not in product with anyone who's listening, if you're not in product marketing now, or you are, and you're like, what the hell? <laughs> or all of those experiences are, you build on them. You have context now that someone else doesn't. So all of its richness, the good, the bad, and the ugly, just kind of, you, you bring it forward into whatever is next. Wow. Amazing advice. Thank you so much for coming on and thank you all for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Salespeople want short, digestible insights. They don't want 17-page decks that are scattered across the web and who knows where. Clue makes it easy to create and deliver battle cards. In a pinch, sales teams can find them easily with all the insights they need on how to handle their competitors while working a deal. And with Clue, it's not just sales teams who want battle cards. The product team, customer success, and marketing, they all compete too. Now, everyone can compete to win. For any of you wondering how to put together a competitive enablement program, or build battle cards that your sales team will love, head over to clue.com slash thrills. That's K-L-U-E dot com slash thrills. Tell them that I sent you, and they'll set you up with a bunch of free resources that you can use to get started. Don't forget to subscribe, as we'll be back next Thursday. And if you have any feedback on our episodes, things you liked, things you want to hear, anything else, please email podcast at sharebird. Dot com. That's podcast plural at sharebird.com. This podcast is produced by Sharebird, the peer mentoring platform for product marketers. It's a place to discover on-demand resources to help you with product marketing. A special thanks to Alex for helping bring this show to life. Jolisha is our senior editor. Serbi is our master scheduler. Our podcast art was designed by Vika Karpitsky. Our music is by Joaquim Karud and of course, Jason and Katie over at Clue. As always, thanks for listening.